get your Bible. I got an unusual message, I believe, but I've just been thinking about it all day. Um, I got to talking with a man last night, and uh, he's real upset with the government, of course. Everybody is. It seems like today's time. But one of the things that bothers me is that... Uh, uh, the legislators and those running for office, no matter what office it is, they go in poor and they come out rich. And uh, I don't understand that if they're servants of the people. But that's, that seems like that that's what it's all about. So tonight, I want to talk to you about the riches, if I could, men, in James chapter 5. Now, I do know that uh, one of the things that uh, sort of set me off, I guess it shouldn't have bothered me, but it did. I got a few pennies I saved up, and, and so I wanted to invest them. A friend of mine, uh, he had uh, millions, and uh, he said, I got a real good financial man that'll take care of finances. And I talked with him about, oh, he said, we don't handle any finances in our company less than $3 million. Well, I didn't have that much, so we didn't have to worry about it. But uh, what I'm talking about is, isn't it strange to you that $3 million now is like 3000 It seemed like a few years ago. But when we talk about riches, now on James chapter 5 and verse 1, Go to now, ye rich men, weep now for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted. And your garments are mothy. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, I hire the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, cry, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived in pleasure on the earth and been mourned. You have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he doeth now, and he doeth not resist you. Pray with me, please. Father, bless the reading now and study of thy word that we can use it to honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I had the question that been asked me over the years, is it wrong to be rich? And, uh, of course, if you go through the Bible, you'll find that they were some of the greatest men in the Bible were rich men. Abraham, Job, and I could go on and on. There's just several mentioned in the Bible. They were very rich people. So riches is not the problem. Now, uh, the first six verses of this chapter have to do with rich men and their riches. Now, this is at the third chapter in the book of James in which the, those who are rich is mentioned. In chapter 1, verse 10, the rich are commended for having taken a lowly place. In verse 11 of chapter 1, says the rich shall fade away in his ways. Then in chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, he condemns the believers who give preferential treatment to the rich man who comes into the assembly. 
in spite of the fact that rich men oppressed them. Now, up till now, James has directed his later letters to the believers. But in this passage of Scripture, he turns to the sinner. Notice, not one time does James refer to rich men as brethren in these first six verses. Verses 1 through 3, James tells several things about these rich men and their riches. Verse 1, notice he warns miseries that shall come upon the rich man. And he tells them to weep and howl. And uh, and then uh, chapter 4, verse 9, he tell, talks about being afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Now, no man can be certain his riches will last. In Proverbs 27, verse 24, riches are not forever. So no man can be assured that his riches are going to last forever. Now stay with me, I want to get to something. In verses in Proverbs uh, 23, verse 4 and 5, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For your riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle towards heaven. And Paul speaks of uncertain riches in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17. James warns that those who have trusted in their riches will literally weep and howl uh, when they face the judgment seat. Because riches uh, profit not in the day of wrath. He that trusted in his riches shall fall. Proverbs 11, verses 4 and verse 28. Now in Luke 16, verses 19 through 31, Jesus told about a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day, but eventually died and was buried. But the Bible says, but in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. His riches could not keep him out of hell, number one. And they could not uh, relieve his miseries, number two. And no matter how much he might, weep and howl. Now, if a man trusts only in the riches here on earth, at the judgment seat he'll weep and howl. No. Now, notice also several things about the rich man mentioned here in James at chapter 4. They were, I mean, chapter 5. Number one, in verse two, says they were idle riches. You know what that means? They had money, but it was not in use. Notice the condition mentioned in chapter two. Points to the fact that their money, their garments, their rich possession had been idle a long time. And these not used riches could have been used to help the poor or the needy or the, to get the gospel out. I believe this. God's looking for a man like I heard a preacher preach years ago. God's looking for somebody that He can bless. And they can turn around and bless somebody else. That's what God uses riches for. Now, I do believe that God wants us to take care of His own. James reminds him in verse 3 that in the day of judgment, the rust of the idle riches shall be a witness against you and shall eat up your flesh as with fire. These rich men 
and has stored up their wealth in the wrong place on earth. Now, notice in Matthew chapter, go back and read it when you get a chance, but in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, Jesus taught those who followed him about riches. <clears throat> in Luke 12, verses 16 through 21, the rich farmer had his treasures on earth. Much goods laid up for many years. He was ready to take his ease, the Bible said. But God called him a fool. Now the rich man in Matthew 19, verses 16 to 22, who asked Jesus how to get to heaven, he went away sorrowful, the Bible says, because he had great possessions. Jesus promised him treasures in heaven if he would leave his earthly possessions and follow him. But he rejected that treasure because of unbelief. He loved his great possessions more than he loved his own soul. This was a true Bible days now. It's true today. People have their worldly possessions and they love their worldly possessions more than they care about their soul for eternity. Do you remember when years ago the business was closed on Sunday and people went to church on Sunday? And so many people over the years and down to today's time that I talk to just about every day, at least every month, I'll meet somebody and I'll say, where you been? I mean, we miss you at church. And they say, oh, I got to work two jobs now. I got to work seven days a week. Now, God said to work six days a week and rest on Sunday. <clears throat> but the, what the people are doing now, why are you working on seven days a week? Why? <clears throat> A man told me this one time. Do you think that God wants you to be as, have as much money as you can make? And I thought to myself, well, I think so. He said, no. If he did, he would say he worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But he didn't. He don't want you to have as much money as you can have. And this, I, I love to read the part in the Bible where it said... <clears throat> And to the children, your shoes didn't wear out, nor your clothes on your back, as long as you obeyed me. And I've thought about that a many times. Did you know as long as I've been saved, all these years since I was 26 years old, I've been saved all these years and serving the Lord. I've had a roof over my head, food on my table, clothes on my back, and none of it's gone. And still, God blesses every day. And I will not work on Sunday. I will not work any other time simply because, what are you going to do with it? Put it up? Put it somewhere and let it rust? Now, listen very carefully. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the love of man is the root of all evil. So it's not wealth and money that is sin. But if you put it before serving the Lord, that becomes sin. Now, God does not condemn a man just because a man has riches. Many people have wealth by being honest and without making money their God. But it's difficult to acquire riches on earth at the same time stand against temptation, selfishness, covetousness, fraud, oppression of other fellow men. Now what got me thinking on this 
kind of thing is. Somebody said, Preacher, who should I vote for? Now, we're, we're fixing to come up with, I believe, the greatest time in the life of America that who we vote for. And I thank God that there are rich people in position. But I'd rather have a rich man now than him to get in there and defraud or let some other country uh, give them riches and become rich off other countries and give our nation away. That's what I'm saying. The whole idea is that riches causes you to be covetous, selfish, and fraud of your fellow man. I do know this. A man told me years ago, he was talking about uh, you can't make money and have a whole lot of money in the bank and be honest. And he was talking about that you have to defraud, you have to cheat somebody, you have to do crooked things to have it. I don't believe that. I believe with all my soul that you can have honest money and do it, but it's enough. I'm not talking about great riches. I'm talking about you have enough that God will bless you, that you don't have to go begging for nothing. Now, I want you to notice verse 4 of chapter 5. Behold, I hire the labor who have reaped down their field, your, your field, which is of you kept back by fraud, Christ. And the cries of them which have reaped are in, entered in the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Now, I notice something here that he's talking about. Not only do the rich men are idle in verse 2 and 3, but they were tainted, blighted by the crooked way they were gotten their, they got their riches. The hired labor that have you kept back by fraud. You know one thing I'm known for, and I'm proud of it. I don't mean proud of it. I'm, I'm thankful for it. If you work for a preacher, he's going to pay you. And he's going to pay you a fair wage over at our lake place where we got. You can ask anybody that works for me over there. It knows me. And you, you can ask anybody around there, and they know me. And you ask them, if you do anything for that preacher, he's going to pay you for it. And I, I you know what? I've learned something. You can still have money. You can still treat people right. And God will bless you in such a way that you don't have to fraud nobody. Be honest with people. And notice they were tainted. The money was tainted. They were crooks in the way they got their money. Now, the practice is strictly forbidden by Scripture. Listen to Leviticus 19 verse 13. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. You know what he's talking about? Pay up. Owe no man nothing. Remember in Romans, what he talked about, a man came to me and, uh, a few years ago and he said, Now, preacher, the Bible says, Owe man nothing. I said, and he was talking about that he couldn't buy a car on time, he couldn't buy his house on time, and, and so on. I said, no, you, you got it wrong. 
if I make agreement with you or the bank or a car dealer or anything else that I'm going to make a payment at a certain time of the month, then make your payment. You don't owe nobody nothing. You've made the agreement that you made. And so you owe nobody nothing. And uh, what they try to do is, is get you down to, uh, it's not scriptural. But it is scripture. It's just like he said, don't wait till tomorrow to pay him. If you work for somebody and you owe them, pay up. It's just that simple. Now, again, James chapter 5, verse 4. The cries of them which have reaped have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. The Lord of Sabbath here is the same as the Lord of hosts. The name indicates the power of the Lord, according to Matthew, uh, Malachi 3 and verse 5. The whole idea is, if you're going to be uh, have riches, then be honest in the way you get it. Our Lord, our God, is interested in the concerns of an onlooker, as an onlooker, in the affairs of men. Listen, just listen to just how simple it is. The Lord is not an idol of the heathen who have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Mose, uh, noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throats. Psalms 115, verses 5 through 7. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Here's what I'm saying about this whole message tonight. Did you know God's interested in you? God's interested in your affairs. God's interested in where you got money or not. God's interested in where you got clothes on your back, food on your table or not. He's not an idol that cannot be touched. He's our God. And I guarantee you, folks, if you serve the Lord and give to Him what belongs to Him and serve Him in your money and be honest with people like the Bible speaks of, then you won't be a crook and your God will bless you like the Bible says He will. Now listen to this. Isaiah 41 verse 7. Rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the, the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoil them. Psalms 140 verse 12. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Now, verse 5. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Now, here's a picture of a bee being flattened up uh, in a pen, or fattened up in a pen for slaughter. The animal eats on and on the day of slaughter, completely unaware of their impending doom. Now, that's what the riches are to those who will not use them for God's glory. They keep getting richer and richer. And for what? They're being fattened up for the slaughter. That's what it's all about. Never will forget a man telling me when I make my first millions, my first million, then I'll serve the Lord. And he made his first million 
but he never serves the Lord. You see, that's the same way that I was talking about these that go in the White House and those that go in, in the public affairs and, and they prey on people's money and they get rich and then for what? What are they going to do with it all? I talked to a man one time, sold his business for $11 million. He went back to work for the people that worked for him and I said, what are you going back to work for? I just want to make a little more money. And I said, you can't even spend $11 million. Think about it. You'd have to throw it away to get rid of it. But just spend it on everyday living, you can't do it. And so the whole idea is not the money. It's how you get it and what you do with it. If you make something, then God expects you to give back to Him. One of the greatest men that I've ever known was in the sheetrock business. And when he sat at my desk across from me one day, and they talked with me, and I said, how did you make your money? How did you become so rich as you are? He said, well, I was hanging sheetrock. And he said, I got saved by God's grace. And he said, I found out in the Bible that if I give 10% of every, or 10 cent of every dollar, and he, he, had, he took out a dime and he laid it on my desk. He said, God, in turn, will bless me. And he said, I found out if I give a dollar for every $10 that I make, God blesses me. He said, he put a $10 bill. And he, he said, if I found out if God bless me, make, let me make $1,000, I give a $100 of it, God blesses me. He put $100. He had $10,000 laying on my, on my desk before he got through showing me how that if God would, if I give 10% of everything that God blessed me with, He would return bless me with it. And that's how He become. Now He said, you know what I do? I keep the 10% and give God the 90. You think about that for just a minute. He wasn't lusting after the money. He could make money, but He was honest with God with it. And in turn, He didn't lay it up and let it rust. He used it for the glory of God. And he built Howells Anderson College. You think about that. One of the greatest uh, guys I've ever known in the financial realm. And a great Christian man. And what I'm saying to you is this thing, that's all I can hear lately, on, especially in the last few days, of some of these big churches. And they're trying to, uh, they're attacking them now. By the way, anytime you attack a church, anytime you attack a pastor, where he's right or where he's wrong, it all attacks Christianity. And that's what it's all about. And I, I watched this thing last time, or these, these, I think it's three of my wife, this pastor in these big churches, they don't speak against sin anymore. They just say, everybody knows their sin, so I don't have to talk about that. And so on. And what are they? They're rich. And I asked one question. What do you, how did you get rich? Where did you get your money? And on the other side of the fence, a great pastor friend of mine, he had a teaching pastors how to start new churches thing. He said, no pastor should ever take over $5,000 a year for salary. 
and yet he drove a leak of Continental, lived in a big home, and had all kinds of things, money. And I said to him, where'd you get your money? What's it all about? Are you serving the Lord because you love the Lord? Are you serving the Lord because you're rich? To get more money for yourself. And I just got one question to ask. What are you doing with it? Is it laying up and letting it rust? Or are you using it for the glory of the Lord? For this reason. If you're not, you're just getting fatted up for the slaughter. And one day, all of us are going to stand for life God and give an account of what we did with ours. You can say whatever you want to me, but I'm the one going to give account to me. Amen? And what I've had. And I know what's right by the Word of God. And I want to be blessed every day. And I am. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for the simplicity of being rich and having a lot of money, having everything we need on this earth and having joy in our heart. It's not the amount of money, it's what you do with it for the glory of the Lord. I ask you, dear God, that you'll take this message and those that's listening will take it to heart and do what's right and serve you with it. Bless us now as we go on our way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.